hurry, hurry, hurry down to Paramnesia Theater. Gather round as four friends share, rewatch, and possibly ruin favorite films from their childhoods. Be sure to come early and get a good parking spot because there's always a good show at the drive-in. Now that'll be five dollars a ticket, please. Welcome back to Paramnesia Theater. I'm Riley, and tonight I'll be your host. I'm joined, as always, by Anna. Hello there. Tim. Hello. And Rebecca. Hey. Guys, tonight I have chosen the movie, and I have chosen Rockadoodle. This is a 1991 masterpiece done by Don Bluth. He also directed Land Before Time, American Tale, and All Dogs Go to Heaven. Mm. Mm, that's a roster. So, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's about 75 minutes, and it was made by HBO Videos. Weird. Uh, yeah, very weird to see the HBO logo on something that's... Not HBO streaming. Yeah. And animated? I feel like yeah. I'm not used to HBO animated. Without sex scenes? Um, I don't know. I can't confirm that. It is rated G, so probably. Not. not but probably not. I'm gonna, And I'm going to be honest. I don't remember any of this movie. So, yes, it's animated, but I also believe part of it's not animated. Not in the same way as Rocky and Bullwinkle. I think there's like a hard cut. Like it's a, they're humans and then there's a kid and then he's a cat in an animated fashion. Okay. But in thinking about this, I thought about it a lot today. That could be made up in my brains too. And that it might just be all animated. I'm not sure what's real. So we're thinking an extreme space jam where the kid comes in, but then he turns animated. Oh no no! You're because you're not like saying page master. No. Uh, oh, yes, okay. the pa- more like the page master. Like it's straight up human beings, and then like he reads a book. I think there's a book, or maybe an old man telling him a story, and he turns like whole world is cartoon world. That sounds like that. page master. Yeah, it sounds like a few different things. This is so misleading. What's the title again? Rockadoodle. So, okay, okay. I assumed it was a musical. I believe it is too. Okay, now all right. <laughs> so, so not page master. It's it's not the page master. No, it is about a singing chicken that I believe takes like heavy influences from Elvis. Okay, that is important. Singing is important. Maybe he has to wake people up. I don't. Remember. Is it that the rooster himself has taken influence from Elvis, or whoever has created the character of the rooster took a lot of liberty and inspiration from Elvis? I believe in this world, the rooster is Elvis. Like, they did this intentionally. Like, he oh, okay, like okay. Elvis, like, like an Elvis. Like, he's got form. Elvis hair. He wears Elvis-type clothes. The rooster. Are the songs Elvis songs, then, that he sings? I don't know. I don't think so, but I don't know at all. Um, there's some mean owls in it. Huh. I think they're the bad guys. There's a large storm. But most of the other things that I remember about this movie are just like smash cuts of Jonathan Lipnicki, who is not the kid in the film, and Chicken Run, of the sad chicken riding his bicycle away. Yeah, you know, every time you talk about this movie, all I picture is Chicken Run. I have no idea about this movie. I feel like I've never heard... Like, I've heard of it, but... So, because nobody here has, like, heard of it, really, at all, I thought it was very unpopular. But I found the VHS, I set it on the piano, and now... Everybody that's come through my house, Derek, Mikey, Connor, AK, and a few others, have seen it and gone, oh, Rockadoodle, I love that movie. And I was like, I was starting to think I was the only other person that had seen it besides my sister who must have watched it with me. But it turns out that is not the case. And many people have seen it. I think I've heard of it, but I definitely have never seen this movie. I think it might have been like a commercial on a VHS tape that I might have had that okay. like, because I feel like I've seen a trailer for it. I'm not unwilling to say never because maybe I'm going to watch this and be like, oh man, I love this movie. Yeah, that could happen. I'm you going with that I've never things seen it. very well, so. Yeah. Nope. Time, measurement, any form of concept of anything. Most memory-driven things are difficult, yeah. Mm. Realistically, it's going to be as if we all are watching it for the first time. Perfect. Because, like... I, I just don't know. I don't know anything. I can't remember anything. I even read the back of the box. I was like, that's not ringing any bells. Well, if you don't remember it, is there like an event in your life that makes you remember the movie? I don't know. We'll watch tonight and then like maybe I'll like I'll have some crazy flashbacks. And... Oh, I didn't know if like you had a memory associated with it or something that oh. makes it. Yes. One time um, I was with my dad and he was uh, he was at a sporting club 
for target shooting and i sat at their um you know table thing and watched uh watched a movie while everybody else was doing their things i was very little and it was not rockadoodle it was (laughs) uh the rodney dangerfield animated movie yeah but every time i think about that memory i think about rockadoodle as well it was a double feature (laughs) you don't remember it could be but at the same time who's to tell I haven't seen either, so I don't know if there's any comparison. I haven't seen either either, but I've heard of the Rodney Danger one. This is the first I've heard of it, yeah. I didn't know that existed. It's not very good either. Probably not. Is it an adult film? Or is it just, is he's like a voice in it, or he's a character? he's a voice. He is the voice of the main character. Okay, but it's not like he's Rodney Dangerfield. The dog's name is like Rodney Dog. Dogger yeah, field the dog is like, like it him. Is, it is him. Oh, so he made like a child or for a PG movie, right? Okay, yeah. a family style film, but he's a dog in an animated movie, and it's just not not good. And yeah, that's about uh, that's about what I remember. If it's anything like the rest of the movies that this man made, it's probably going to be horribly sad. I might have <sighs> blocked it out because maybe the rooster dies. He turns into a pot pie. God, I hope not. Now that you say that, yeah, that does make sense. Loom before time. And Awfully sad. American before Tale. Time, the mother sad. like dies early oh in the God. film, and you're like, "What is going on? Why yeah, am I feeling so these emotions?" I actually watched that one a few years ago, and like, she doesn't die as early in the film as you think. Mm. But like, she's in it long enough that you get attached to her too. You're like, "Oh, mom, with the good wisdom, and she really cares about Littlefoot." And then, bam, mom dies. That's such it's a fucked so up thing to yeah. do to a kid. Yep, like kids. Kids don't ever want to think about their mother dying. And then you're like, this movie's for five year olds. <laughs> oh. Yep. It's Ow. funny because like Land Before Time two through like nine are very kid friendly. Like yeah. it's yeah. there is no tragic event that you're like, oh my god. They were probably like, Don Bluth, get the fuck out. Because American Tale compared to American Tale Five Will Goes West, yeah. drastically different tones in movies. Maybe it was targeted directly toward kids who, like, lost parents and now live with their grandparents. And they yeah, were like, were... that's the demographic. 91. We're going to hit with 15 of these movies. <laughs> I think there <laughs> was, like, 22 or something. Get out. Yeah. Let's just try this on the new generation. It worked. We're all sad. Mm-hmm. I've been sad since that moment. Since I saw Littlefoot's mom died, I've been sad. Mm, I think it was Fox and the Hound for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that ending broke God. me every time. I think yeah. I sobbed every time. I still won't watch that movie. I won't, no. I made the no, mistake a few years ago. It was horrible. Because it got me twice now as an adult. It got me when uh, when she puts Todd in the woods. Yes. As an adult, I'm like, he doesn't know how to live. He can't. He won't survive. Well, the car ride like out yeah. to the woods, I'm just like sobbing, openly yep. sobbing at that part every single time yep. I see it. Yeah. It's terrible. Such a good movie, though. Yes. They're animals. Do you really They'll like survive. <laughs> he does find a girlfriend pretty quick, though. I mean, well, I mean, I just mean, the wild. That, that's nature. Uh, there was a movie recently that I watched. Not recently. It was like eight years ago. But I was at my parents' house, and I I can't remember what it was, but I was like home alone, and I was watching it. It was like, a, for some reason, I decided to watch like an old childhood movie, and I just remember like weeping. No. And then I came home and I was just on the couch, like crying, watching. And I cannot remember what this movie was. You're blocking it out on yeah, purpose. Yeah, it could be a lot of them. Yeah, I know. I woke up one time with the very end part of Spirited Away happening, where the deer's head gets chopped off and the whole world starts melting. And I kind of woke up because they were in the kitchen and they looked over and I was like, "Oh, you guys are probably very concerned about this." I have never seen that movie, and oh. now I never will. It's so, so you. good. You should nope, watch it. I'm good. Is it an animated movie? Yes. Yeah, it's one of the uh, Ghibli Studios or mm-hmm. whatever, isn't it? Oh. It's a really good one. I would say it's a must-watch. I'll I'll take a watch. Spirited Away. I got that confused with... You should watch Kiki's Delivery Spirit. Service. The horse you know, That's a good one. <laughs> right? That's what you're thinking of? No, I'm thinking of... It's like, didn't they just come out with a movie called Spirited Away? No. No. There's been like a ton of spirit spinoffs in the last couple years. But that's years. the horse I, one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the horse one. Annie, you keep pushing the horse agenda one. We're on both this. pushing it. it. And it's on my list because you tell me all the time you won't watch it, so I put it on my list for this podcast. So now you have no choice. Well, that's another one where like openly weeping yeah. in parts of it. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know that one enough. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's about a wild Mustang. 
Yeah. I think Ben had the VHS, but I don't remember much else. It's a great film. It's one of the first like animated movies that I think I remember watching where it's the animals don't talk. So it's like a little bit more realistic. Yeah, the body language of the horses yeah. is how they tell emotion, which is cool. Yeah, they did a great job with it. I think it's DreamWorks did that one. Anyway, Tim, you just said something, and I looked at you, and I was going to say something, but then I realized all four of us were talking and having different conversations. Mm. What was that thing? And it wasn't spirit? No, it was right before that. You were talking about, oh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Ah. Yes, that's That great. one I have never mm. seen, but... There was a trailer for it before one of my favorite Clifford movies when I was little. Oh. So I've always wanted to see it, That's and I nice. just never have. It's it, very good. It seemed so cute. It is. Uh, my Neighbor Totoro. That's a great one, I haven't one seen too. that one either. I like Ponyo. That's a really cute one. Like oh, I haven't seen that one in comes, a while. Yeah, it becomes a little girl. Falls in love with a little boy on, on land. It's cute. Adorable. Yes. So what else you got about this movie? That's it. I'm going in blind. Like, I oh. really am. I, I I remember, like, the pivotal scene, but nothing about it. Cool. Cool. Um, I think it is a little sad. I think it's a little depressing overall. Great. Until the end. I think the end picks up. I hope it has a happy ending. I can't. I won't guarantee that. I'm sure it has some kind of happy I mean, it ending. definitely has, you know, it's not, it's not the end like isn't terrible hmm. i doubt i am interested to see a rooster be elvis yeah I have, I have no concept of what that looks like yeah and so if he's not elvis if i'm getting that wrong too like just set your expectations pretty low um when you go and it does have a six star rating on imdb That's which puts bad. it up with right up there with you know some of our other ones hmm. so you know um so it's probably a pretty good movie it, it could be it's got oh. more stars than Rocky and Bullwinkle. It does. It's got five stars on Amazon, which is, I find, impressive. Aren't there only five on Amazon? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Show starts in one minute. Well, let's watch this movie that none of us have any idea. It'll oh. be all our first times. What do you have for a snack? Well, the intern stole the catalytic converter out of the popcorn machine, so I hired the janitor to make some Jiffy Pop on a camp stove out back, and he was nice enough to bring some seasonings uh, to put on top of them. Oh, sweet. That sounds perfect. Let's get some popcorn before we check out this movie. All right. All right. We're happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. And while you relax and stretch, visit our concession where you'll find something to please you. There are ice-cold drinks, delicious sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. Welcome back. What did y'all think about Rockadoodle? That was much different than I was expecting. Nothing like what I was expecting at all. A lot of surprising parts in there. Uh, the cosmic owl, the Grand Duke there that could just like spray magic. magic. Yeah, that was weird. Did they explain that? Like not why that, he? Was not weird? that I caught. Okay. No, they didn't explain much except for the narrator went into vivid detail about what they were doing at the moment. He gave too much away sometimes. Like he was with, talking about the girl, and he was like, "But she'll change her mind later." And I was like, oh, well, you took the tension right out of that. And she wasn't even a bad guy for very long. It was Not like for a second, really. Yeah. It was like it was narrating a book, but also like, oh, but I've also read it before. It was like they were, so they, they did the story aspect, kind of like Princess Bride style where the mom's yeah. reading it. And then the boy was the kid, or no, it was the dog, right? Sorry. The narrator is the dog, but he's telling it as though he's... Yeah, it was so confusing. Well, what was weird, too, was when they came back into live action, right, the dog was still narrating what was happening in real life. So the dog from the story also was narrating the real life part, which I thought was weird. All right. So th I'm, 
I was going to try to like have some bit of a format where we talk about like the beginning, but we're going all over. So this kind of just goes right into my one big thing. So the Duke states in the beginning when he's in the son's bedroom, like right in the beginning, that he just wants to eat the kid. Yep. And then he turns into a kitten. He, he stresses right from the beginning. All I'm here to do, I just want to eat you. And I was like, that's freaking weird. He's just going to, he just eats human. And then he turns into a kitten. So does he, and then there's all these other animals. So does he just turn everyone into animals so that he can eat them? And so the owl is just some evil wizard who turns people into his dinner. And the kid is the first person to inspire people to fight back through encouraging the sun god, the rooster called Santa Clear. Or is this just the Princess Bride meets Wizard of Oz meets Princess Mononoke? I think it's all of those things. It's very, it, it's extremely confusing. And I, I, I unfortunately wish I had never watched this movie again. Oh, that's so sad. Because yeah, I, I did know. like it I, overall. I thought it was cute. I really don't see myself ever watching this movie another time ever. It was wholeheartedly confusing. The owl was, I don't know how I don't remember that owl at all. Because he was terrifying, but amazing. His music choices, although he could play really well, the ditties him and his little owl gang come up with are straight trash. I mean, they're f- they're fire because they're like really fun, but they're like three lines and they lack imagination. It's like he doesn't know how to write lyrics. Yeah, I liked his song, uh, No More Batteries. Batteries are going to die. Yeah, I want to start singing that song when our batteries die in this house. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Like, I get what you're saying. They did... The song sucked. But they were cute as little ditties. And he could play the fuck out of an organ. He yes. had the most impressive organ that I have ever seen in mm-hmm. my entire life. Pretty sure it was a magic organ as well, because he sent up, like, a purple light from it when he was playing it. Yeah. I mean, it was the what they were using to change the weather. So he has a weather-changing organ. He also had the caddy with 12 wheels that's the fox that's not the owl i thought that was the owl who had that no you know that was the manager so that's something i wanted to talk about i love the um i like the real life parallels to elvis he really had a pink cadillac like that 1955 fleetwood i like that they called it a caddy Mm. yeah and and like got away with that that was cool i feel like they uh, really didn't check much things with licensing and what they could and couldn't say maybe that's why it's not that famous it's yeah, been buried because they didn't pay for things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. His manager has a striking resemblance to Elvis's real life manager. Yeah. Yeah. He was also a huge shitbag. Yeah. And really, um, Elvis could have been a lot more famous without him. It's crazy. I don't know any Elvis facts or tidbits, so like none of those things really caught on to me. Like I got that he was supposed to be Elvis. Like he dyed his hair black and all that so, stuff, but like I didn't catch those little details. So we just watched the movie Elvis that Baz Luhrmann did. Fantastic. You should definitely watch it. I highly recommend that movie. Um, But here were some parallels that I wrote down. Um, Obviously, they called him the king. Elvis's manager was also a shitbag. Elvis was very lonely, except when he was on stage. Um, The venue that he was playing in looks just like the hotel that he played in in real life, which I think was called the Westgate. Um, And then at one point I said that I was pretty sure that that one song was an Elvis song. Um, I don't think lyrically it was, but the background music, the instrumental part, definitely sounded like one of his songs, and it referenced Tupelo, which is where he was from in Mississippi. Hmm. Hmm. That movie taught me a lot. It was really good. It was. And his manager did act just like that. I was surprised about how much the manager solicited that golden canary pheasant girl to sleep with the rooster yeah that was very um those were overtones they weren't even undertones it was very obvious yeah it was right out there it reminded me of uh the cartoon hercules and Mm. how hades gets meg to do the same thing Mm -hmm. Hmm. i missed that part that did not stick out to me what in this movie or in hercules um i guess well i knew that she tricked him romantically in Hercules, but I did not pick out that there was anything sexual going on between the chicken lady and the rooster man. In this movie? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously this movie. There's no chicken man and rooster girl, in, or the other way around, in Hercules. No, not that I remember. 
It's funny that you say that, too, because the mouse had a line where she was like, when roosters fall in love, there's no turning back. And at first, I thought she was saying that they were both roosters and that, like, when they fall in love, I don't know. But then I realized that he was, she was just talking about the one Him. rooster. Yeah, because the girl was a pheasant, I think they said. The I girl think that was just her last with. name. Her name was Goldie Pheasant, but I don't think she was a pheasant. I think she was a chick. Yeah, but chicken. In cartoons, it's always, like... Your name's Pheasant, so you're a pheasant. Maybe that's just a fancy bird and she's like a showgirl. So I guess maybe it could be. Her first name's Goldie, too, so. Mm. He changed his name. He was Chantel or something. Chanticleer. Chanticleer. Yeah, what a crazy name I thought that was. <laughs> I, I don't know why that didn't stick in my head at all. It's not, I don't know, very unusual. It's a weird name. Where did that come from? I thought I was going to find, like, some easy story about how, like, some country singer wrote this as, like, a tribute to Elvis or something, or potentially there was, like, a issues or, like, he stole the story and someone got mad, but I'm not finding anything like that in IMDb, and I feel like usually that's where people leave comments like that, so without <laughs> any further digging, um, you know, I don't know, but for some reason I just had a hunch I would find something, but... Going back to one of your points, Tim, do you think the owl is who owns and runs this farm then? Hmm. A couple of things I don't understand. Like, like some crazy the, the tax f- guy? Like a bank guy or something? Like the- no, because he, he, he changes everything into a cartoon world so he can eat all these people, right? What are the animals doing in the animal farm? It's like a farm commune. Like they're all working together to make the farm work. You're saying if the people get turned into animals, what do the animals turn into? No, I'm saying if the bir- if the bird is using is he shows up to the kids' room right and he's like, yeah. I'm gonna eat you, child, and then I'm but first I'm gonna turn you into a kitten, right? And he turns this kid into a kitten so he can digest him easier. What if all the other animals in the farm are former people that he came and was like, you're uh, you'd be easier to, to digest as a no, that's duck. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, you, so yeah. like in that case, d- is he the owner of the farm? Are they all just there on this false premise that, you know, they're there to do something, but in reality, they're just waiting to be owl food? I don't think that's true at all. The whole universe that they lived in, they were all animal people morphs. Like when he went to the city, they were all giraffes and dogs and everything like that. I think the rooster is, like Tim was saying, is a sun god, pretty much. Did you say that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I called him the sun sun god. (laughs) And then the owl is like the darkness, the opposite. Mm. He's like the Sith. Yeah, the exactly. Mm-hmm. He did have very Emperor vibes with the he choking. Was creepy as hell, yeah. Choked that kitten I liked kid. his um, Phantom of the Opera cloak. Mm. That was pretty cool. He was like kind of a scary villain. Overall, he was a pretty good villain. He, he had some really crazy powers, how he could just change things into just any, I don't know, anything? Is it, Was it anything? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It seemed he was pretty much omnipotent. Like, just could kind of do whatever he wanted. It, it was interesting that it, it was hard to believe that it was going to turn around. I found myself on the edge of my seat a few times. Like, what is going to happen in this scene? Like, it was definitely, like, it gotcha. There were a lot of, like, corny parts. and Yeah, like, when their flashlight was dying, that was kind of scary. And they all got carried away by the owls. Also, those owls were crazy big. Like, yeah. they were carrying that bloodhound dog away. With no problem. With the exception of the little... The owl. nephew. Yes. The, the nephew. One. Like, what was with that character? He was weird as fuck. Why did he keep saying words that started with A? I don't know. I'm wondering if it's one of those things where it was like maybe the actor that played him that was a character trait done by that actor. And so like people who knew it thought it was funny. The cast is interesting. Just looking at some of these names and, and photos, it's like this. I, I really want to find out more about some of these people. Like Charles Nelson Riley. Who's that? I don't know, but his photo is just wild. He was the voice of Hunch. Which one was that? Yep. Great okay. question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch that. The photos on his IMDb page are of him and some other person as a guest star in some 1971 puppet show. Oh. Um, but like with like life size puppets, like what oh. is, what is happening there? That is scary. Yeah. We'll have to post that on our Instagram so our listeners can uh, oh, see how terrifying that really is. Freaky. Uh, you know what we've glazed over? The fucking cockfight at the beginning. 
Yeah. Anyone want to talk about how that evil one had spurs on it? Like a real fucking cockfighting bird? That, that whole was... thing was out of nowhere. It was just they... like, and then this stranger comes into town and the stranger calls out Chanticleer by name and says, stop making those noises. And then they fight. Yeah. And he had those metal spurs on his feet. Yeah. That was weird. He never comes up again either. You no. would think he would be used again by the evil owl. He died. Yeah, he didn't he make did it. Die? I didn't catch ki- that. I thought, that motherfucker. Just, I thought he just like kicked him out. I was like, hey, you can't come back. No, that's what cockfighting is. They just kill each other. Mm, true. Oh, man. Yeah, I knew the guy didn't come back. And it said that Santa Claire won. But I didn't realize that. Because what immediately happens is the son comes up without... It's like they immediately move into like the major plot point. So I just mm-hmm. kind of forgot about what happened to the guy with the spurs. Yeah, Yeah, they really just raced through that. The whole beginning was just like narration pulling it right along letting you know every step of the way what's going on what's gonna go on i think the whole story was kind of like that it moved right into every plot point it wanted to whether or not it made sense they were like we just gotta it goes to this it goes to this it goes to this i wonder if it was going to be longer and they cut a bunch out and that's why some of it doesn't make sense hmm but it it's was a kids also movie. A, yeah, late 80s, early 90s movies often just have weird gaps in the story. That's all they wrote. So would the dog be a god, too? Because he's... He's the narrator. Yeah. So he so wrote the story. He's got to have some... Maybe more like a demigod? Because he knows what's going to happen before it happens. He knows how everybody's feeling. He knows what happens literally the entire step of the way. He knew that rooster was coming. Maybe he's more like an omniscient presence. Like, um... The Watcher, I guess, in, oh, in Marvel? Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, he sees but doesn't interfere. Are they in a loop? Are they in a continuous time loop? Mm. Well, it would have almost made more sense if at the very end it played into a third thing that had been happening. Well, while he's narrating and everything, he's telling it to, like, a, a bunch of little animals who had survived the flood. Mm. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, that's That would have almost made sense. Like those adorable baby chicks they had? Yeah. They were yeah. so cute. Another thing, what was everybody's take on the timeline, on how long they actually spent in this world? I had a hard time figuring that out. I'm also still wondering, he woke up and like everything was okay, but like when he went out, the the flood had just broken through the sandbags, like they were losing the fight with the flood, it seemed like their house was going to get wiped out, they don't even mention what happens to that. Well, at the end... They acted like this kid was having a fever dream. Like she like, was oh, dabbing like, his head with the with the washcloth like and everything. And like but they never alluded to him being sick even in that scene other than that washcloth on his head and the mom being like get back in bed in the middle of the day. But mm. otherwise like he didn't seem sick. Which we had kind of assumed was just because of his young age and they didn't want him out in yeah. the rainstorm. Yeah, that's what I thought. So that was a little mm. unclear. Yeah, I really have no idea because, like, he goes to the city. He becomes famous for a while, presumably. I mean, if they built an entire, like, skyscraper building with flashing neon lights with the king on it and his name is everywhere and, like, the amount of mass merchandising, yeah. Yeah. It was more like it was this old story and they were, generations later, they were, like, oppressed by the owl guy and they were like remember the stories that saying we gotta go find him he will save us but it's weird because that whole time wouldn't the sun have not been coming up that's what i was thinking too like there's no way to tell the passage of time because the sun hasn't come up since he crowed yeah last, but wouldn't so. the owl have not or have come for them you know like the first day the sun didn't come up not years later when oh i just assumed it had been famous? raining for years in the, at the farm it was just like stuck in a constant timeline of rain because he didn't sing the sun up because as soon as he left when he when the sun started coming up and he didn't uh crow as soon as he started leaving the farm the sun went right back down and the storm moved in after he left it was as though his presence of being the sun god and me- moving to the city brought in the darkness of the owl and the owl like fully took over instead of having an equal partnership of day and night weird i'm just going to keep moving into this mythology yeah i mean i really i agree i think it happened immediately but, like, how long did... I just don't understand how long it lasts. And the, the girl falls in love with him. I feel like at least months to me. It had to, right? The multiple newspapers came out. They were making movies. And yet, when you look at the kitten, 
and the dog and the magpie and the mi- mouse. Oh, the kid should be a cat by now. They f- they <laughs> act like it's literal moments between when they threw the thing and climbed the building and yelled at Chanticleer and all these things. They're like, what are we going to do now? And Chanticleer is like, life is moving at weeks at a time yeah. while there's, there's like hours. Yeah, the timeline really didn't make any sense. That was very confusing. Yeah. Uh, we also didn't talk about the weird acid trip scene during the car chase. What the hell was that? I think that was just him coming like to, to grips with not being a big puss bag. It was fucking weird and it didn't really explain it like that at all. It didn't really have the effect because they showed a lot of characters that he did not have interactions with. Or, like, I never at any point in the movie was like, oh, he he's such a pussy. That's why he can't do that. He's a big scaredy cat. Because right when they introduce him, he's like, I want to go out and fight the storm. And I'm like, well, that's not what a fucking wimp would do. Yeah. So, and then he gets over being a wimp. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he never was. He's almost literally told, you're too little to go out there, you'll get hurt. And yet he still wants to. So that really does go against that entire idea. Mm -hmm. Well, and then he's so quick to take the lead when they first set off on their journey, too. Hmm. Um. I forget what happened, but <laughs> but I thought that he was, like, taking the lead. But then he kept saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, like, that, I guess, is what made him a scaredy cat. I don't know. Did you also notice in that scene that, like, he was in a hallway of brain matter? Like, it was inside his brain that it, he was having this fight? Mm. And it No, I didn't notice yeah, that. But it, it did was feel strange. uncomfortable. It was odd. It seemed like they chose the brain to be the idea of this inner dialogue that is happening but like in a split second decision mm. where he just has comes to this and which which would make sense if the other like you're saying riley if, if everything else backed up what was happening in those like quote-unquote flashbacks but like we never saw 90 percent of those interactions yeah. so it didn't make much sense yeah not a not a thing the whole end of that scene didn't really make sense how'd the cat get in the helicopter no how'd the mouse get in the helicopter yeah they she don't cr- explain that she crashed in an that. rv on the ground the helicopter comes flying from nowhere and then she's in it i do want to say though i really like the mouse character yeah she was pretty she cool was cute. i she liked no when nonsense. she got upset about somebody made like some misogynistic comment and she was like i'm over this shit and you're like Good for you, little mouse. That That's cool. Well, that was the magpie, and he said a lot of things that were pretty misogynistic. I was like, okay, movie. He also almost killed them in, like, the very beginning when they're in that trunk going through the octoduct yes. pipe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, like, they're underwater. And they're fine. Like, if they just wrote it out, they'd be fine. But he starts pecking holes into the side of the yeah. trunk, and it fills up with water. I'm like, they're going to kill all these animals right now, drown them in front of us. So uh, when we do the... Uh, what other actors should have played this role? I can't oh, think wait. of. Oh, I, I have a good list, so don't spoil. I was gonna jump right in. I'm oh, just right gonna now. jump right oh, in. Okay, okay. Uh, yours sounds great, so let me go first. Uh, Magpie. I couldn't picture anyone but McLovin. Mm. Oh, he'd be perfect. Be he'd magpie. be perfect for Magpie. Um, for the dog, I had either John Goodman or that old guy from Big Fish. I don't know his name. He's super famous. <laughs> Tim seems to know who I'm talking about. No, I just read a name on my list, and I was like, wow. <laughs> what? Tim, I thought you finally knew what I was talking about. No, I've never seen Damn. Real Big Fish. It's a great movie. Not I real. Mean. It's not called Real Big Fish. It's just called Big Fish. Big Fish. It's a Tim Burton one. It is. Mm-hmm. Elon McGregor's in it. I've seen the cover a lot. It always looks like there's so much happening that I just kind of go by it. There's a lot happening in this movie. Mm. We'll have to watch it sometime. Solid movie. So for Snipes and Magpie, you had McLovin. For the Duke, you had this gentleman from Big Fish or John Goodman. No, that was the dog. Uh, I don't know what the dog's name the was. The Duke. Poo poo or something. No, I thought no, the, the Duke, Duke was, was the owl. Oh, the Duke was the owl. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, power. Part two. Pa pow. Something like that. I never knew he had a name. So. Pitapa. I couldn't come up with someone good for the owl. I part of me wanted to say Danny DeVito just for the sake of it. Fuck yeah! But uh, I feel like it's got to be like more of like a old English chap. But Michael Caine was the only one I could think of, and uh, he wasn't really right either. No, Maybe Gary know, Oldman. No, you know who I think Michael would be good Caine. for that role? Um, 
The guy that plays Agamemnon in Troy. Yes, I don't know his name, but yeah, he would have been good too. You want to look that up? Oh, well, um, uh, what's his name? Brendan Gleeson could also be the owl. He was just oh, in yeah. uh, The Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah, he'd be pretty He's in good. a lot of things. He was in 28 Days Later. I don't know if you remember this. And I'm he's getting a blank stare in, from Anna, but it's because she can't see he's me. He's also so. in Troy. He plays Agamemnon's brother in Oh, Troy. he does. That's true. Mm-hmm. Huh. Weird. Brian Cox. Mm. The guy that came into the store that day I was working last year, and I freaked out and was like, that's Brian Cox, and no one else was excited. I Fuck. remember you telling me about yeah. that. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. You should totally be whoever you want him to be. You said the Duke? Yeah. Oh. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Good villain. Who'd you have for Shannon Santa Claire? Nobody. I mean, I guess if it was going to come out now, I'd have to pick Austin Butler because he plays Elvis in the movie Elvis. He shouldn't oh, be given okay. another Elvis role. Why? It's fantastic. <laughs> he he kept the Elvis voice for like months after the movie. He, I love it. He was very cringy about it. I love it. That's all I want to hear. So I've been doing very weird lists um, okay. <laughs> lately for some reason. So for uh, Santa Claire, I put Action Bronson. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Duke, I had Alex Jones. <laughs> I just really think he's just a crazy asshole like that owl. It'd be so good. It'd just be so good. Wait, who? Alex Jones. The Who's guy that? from Info. The toads are breaking and the frogs are becoming gay. Alex the Jones. What the fuck are you talking he's about? He's not really an actor. He's he's like a he's, weird person. He's from mm-hmm. he he's the guy from the show InfoWars. He's I don't know what he that got is. On, uh, yeah. All right. He's yeah. He's a documentary, I guess, person. Or he was at least in the beginning and now he does I guess I don't know. He's in, like products on the internet. Yeah, he did broadcast. So conspiracy theories and Do you, are you saying a frog catcher? What are you saying? He yeah, he was talking about how the the <laughs> all the frogs were gay. The frogs are turning gay. Oh, I am also not privy to that conversation either. No. Um, so Snipes the Magpie, I said, should be played by uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, my mm. God. Uh, Goldie, Cardi B, uh, and the dog, uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I would think Morgan Freeman would do a good good version of the dog. I just thought, you know, between Action Bronson and Cardi B, we could just really change all of these songs into a whole different thematic thing. I'm just going to redo this whole movie. It needs to be done anyway. <laughs> would I mean, be Elvis then at that point? Be someone else. Yeah, it'd have be, to be rapper someone more recent. Something. Yeah. I never said it was Elvis. It just was a rooster. Elvis music is the only thing that can bring the sunlight to him. You can't change it. Mm, that's a true fact. I just wanted to go my own way on that one. I'm happy with it. <laughs> I think the owl actually said at one point that he hates rock and roll. So he did. It, it he has did to that. be rock and roll. Whatever. Well, this music. owl would hate hip hop. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. He'd be a boomer, so he would hate. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's, yeah. I'd have to cast an old white guy. Alex Jones. Sorry. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray, yes. Yeah, he'd, he'd be, be a one. funny evil guy. Yeah. I don't know who I'd replace any of these people with. Because I don't think I'll ever watch the movie in any iteration again. That's so, so sad that you feel this way about it. That's You've okay. talked about this movie for years. Yeah. That's yep. so sad. That's all right. So it this is, is the first it. one that hasn't lived up. Yeah. To someone's, at least yeah. some semblance of <laughs> liking it at one point. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the VHS isn't worth anything either, so I can't even sell it for money. Probably not. It's open too, so. Yeah. Anna, do you have any idea for an alternate cast? I didn't really think about an alternative cast. I really was immersed in this story. I thought it was really good. Um, it had a lot of pulling points to it. Um, I wanted to mention the needlework that uh, the Duke was doing when mm. he was in his castle. It said, darkness, sweet darkness, and I now <laughs> want a needle point of that <laughs> to hang in my house. That's awesome. Yeah, I noticed it was like dark crystal font, which was cool. He was a pretty cool villain. Unfortunately, I think he was my favorite part of the movie. But I do want to say, when he came into the real world, that looked better than I thought it would. Mm. Yeah. Like, Obviously, it didn't look real because he's a cartoon, but it was not nearly as shitty as how the boy looked in the whole cartoon world at the end. That's very true. Like, in the beginning, there was, when he was, like, spraying the boy with his magic to turn him into a cartoon, there were parts of the room that were animated, and there were other parts that were still the set. 
And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But then at the end, you see this kid cartwheeling through Cartoon World, and it is bad. It's it looks like bad. it looks like it came from the '90s. At that mm-hmm. point, like the whole way through, I was good. I was immersed, and at the very end, they ruined it. Yeah, it did look pretty bad. Yeah, I will say the kid did a good job acting like he was interacting with things on the farm. They like got that shit. I guess that's not too hard because you put the animation in afterwards, and then where the kid goes, you just have a fence and a gate so you can swing them on the gate yeah just put in the cartoon version uh i want to jump in this is kind of random but when the kid turned into a kitten why the fuck did he have people hair did that bother anybody else through the whole movie because it was was, like so weird green in the beginning it was awful until he put the hat on it made it a little better i mean the rooster has people hair that yeah but that didn't bother me i don't know i think it's because like the kid's hair was like just spikes in three different spots and blonde i don't know it looked Mm. weird if he was going to be turned into a kitten you would think he would be all the same color like he would be all that white blonde if they were going to do that instead of having just part of his head that color yeah it was weird he had like clown hair yeah it was the style i think more than anything for me because they were still trying to do kitten how they do in kitten animated movies always have like little points on their cheeks yeah Mm. yeah disney Mm -hmm. does that all the time and they did that and the point on top of his head as well it was weird curl i didn't like it I didn't really enjoy the the opening scene there with how many, I mean, there were more chicken breasts than a sale at a grocery store. It was insane. Yeah. The animals were very sexualized. Yes. Like, um, Elvis was hot. Yeah, he was. Like, as far as a, a rooster? Disney, we gotcha. I mean, mm-hmm. take a seat. <laughs> Hold <laughs> my beer. Can, yeah, watch <laughs> what we can do. It, it was very odd. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of whole lot of chicken tit yeah but like the very opening how the movie opens i really did like how they panned in that like that effect was Mm. i thought it was surprisingly well done all things considered it kind of went from this almost 3d feel above the farm and then kind of went right up to him in a 2d nice pan up i I was pretty surprised at how yeah i'd say overall the animation style was surprisingly good yeah i agree yeah i I liked it too i thought it was good I thought the intro in space was a little weird, and then we were like, this is Earth. I thought that was kind of strange. I guess I get it with the sunrise being part of the story, but... They never did was... say that this was Earth, so... Okay, I guess, whatever. But you see what I'm saying, though, like... Maybe it's... It was like a cosmic story, because, like, the owl was a cosmic Oh, I guess. Owl, and... It just seemed really out of place, I thought, but... Mm. It was strange, I thought, that... I said, too, when we saw the space and then the title card comes up for Rockadoodle and it looks like a light-up neon sign against Galaxy. Yeah, it's weird. It kind of looked like the Invader Zim font. A little. Almost. It's like the very kind of... It was just the outlines. Also, I want to talk about how irresponsible that farmer, the real farmer dude, was. He he was like, we got to get the animals inside. And it's like... Dude, it's clearly been raining for a long time yeah. where you are. That that horse, mule, cow, whatever it was that was stuck up to its shoulders in mud. Like, that doesn't just happen. Yeah, that's you know, true. Like, your, your animals have been out for a long time, bro. Like, you, you are a terrible fucking farmer. I'm like, we gotta get the boys. And the boys, like, the one kid who's four doesn't qualify to go outside, but the seven and the eight-year-old, like, have to. <laughs> Like, I, I was expecting this something like a teenager to go out and be like, yeah, Pa will help. Like, oh, rats. <laughs> yeah. I, I he had surprised. him driving the truck, too, because the farmer jumped out the back and started throwing the sandbags. So he had those young boys driving that truck around. Well, country life, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to drive the farm truck. And that's why they backed it up, as, like, balls deep in the mud. Because they were just as stuck as that mule. I, I did not feel for one second that that truck would be able to pull itself and whatever beast of burden was behind it out of that mud pit. And I still enjoy how they immediately wrapped the rope right around the cow's neck. As yeah. though they were going to rip it out with the truck. Like, set design did not think so of I a think few it, different things. I think that actually is when you pull livestock out of mud and stuff, you do wrap them around the neck. The key is you don't floor it. Like, you don't have the <laughs> truck do the work. Right, the truck's only there to help them get going, and then they really have to pull them themselves to get out because it gives them leverage. Yeah, and, and it helps them get out of mud. But a lot of those big animals, like they do, throw it around the neck. Hmm. But you just go super easy, otherwise it's, it's going to be a disgusting scene. I really uh, so the the 
voice of the oh, i was gonna say woodpecker magpie magpie thank you the voice of the, the the magpie sounds familiar and uh i was excited to discover that it was the voice actor who does mandark um dexter from dexter's lab it's his like arch nemesis and they always fight against each other it was one of my favorite shows growing up so it was very exciting to hear that voice and like put that together that's awesome can you uh tell us what he was in because he said he was in a lot of other things and he sounded when i heard his voice for some reason i can almost picture him in live action okay live action um the love suckers in 2016 no yeah uh let's see um there's a SpongeBob movie, Transformers, Robots in Disguise. Um, the older SpongeBob. I feel like movie? he was an annoying kid in something. A right? fairly odd movie, Grow Up, Timmy I think Turner. Polar Express, maybe. Um, I think he's is the that annoying him? He's kid. He's that blonde kid with the glasses. I think he the might Polar be. Express. Yes. Yeah, it is the blonde kid with the glasses. Yeah. Oh, I hate that kid's voice. The Know It All. Yeah, I knew that one when I watched that movie. Yeah, Dexter's Lab, Cody and Kid Next Door. Uh, Pigs Next Door? I don't know that one. Recess, Cow and Chicken, Weird Al Show, Pink Panther, Mighty Ducks, the animated series, Timon and Pumbaa, Spy Hard, The Computer War, Tennis Shoes in 1995. That was a good movie. Um, Yep, Don't Everyone Go Aha at once. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of any of these. Uh, Scooby-Doo, Silence of the Hams. I'm going to assume that was something different. Goof Troop, Darkwing Duck fantastic um, so he's been in like every everything. single thing from my child yeah yep. like a lot of stuff which is really cool so i although the magpie's character was like very annoying and really kind of rude he was one of my favorite characters in the whole fucking movie i mean aren't magpies kind of loud and annoying i believe that's isn't that, that one of their things for it. yeah so it does make sense that he was such an awful character but he was cool and he um, likes shiny things mm-hmm. and weirdly lasagna yeah, that was sure. an odd choice. Yeah, I'm not sure what that reference was. I missed that altogether. Oh, that was his entire character <laughs> arc led up to him liking lasagna. At the oh. dinner scene. Yeah, it was just like all that he lived for. Mm-hmm. I completely missed that. It caused him to like ruin the whole thing, I think, because they were all dressed up in, as penguins to go to dinner. Oh, that part. Okay. What was that about? I really feel like I, I missed something. Because there was no dogs or cats, cats or, or mice, mice allowed. And it... So there was other dogs that were also dressed up like birds. If you saw when they showed the crowd, there was other dogs that were dressed up. It, it looked as like the entire crowd was in penguin yes, suits. I think Which was why I was caught off guard when just the four of them were thrown out. It was like, are you kidding me? It's a room full of Well, it's because the magpie lost his his penguin suit and they saw that he was a magpie. Oh. Um, but isn't a penguin a bird? Yeah, so that's kinda confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that got a little over <laughs> overlooked. Flightless bird. Different. An aquatic bird. Yeah, so it's different. different. Yes, that's it. The water makes the difference. Yeah, I really feel like there was so much stuff that was not thought through. Yeah, a lot of threads did not connect anywhere. Yeah. It was weird. It was kind of all over the place. That, I get if you were a kid that it would make sense to you. Well, now what you were saying earlier is kind of making sense. Or maybe there was a whole bunch of scenes that got cut or something. Maybe that's why yeah. that little inner monologue was a bunch of stuff that makes no sense mm-hmm. that we didn't see because maybe they were existing scenes, but they got pulled out. Maybe the movie was totally different and they just like ended up having to like chop it and then kind of like flip some stuff around yeah. in order to like make it work at a shorter length. Could be. I mean, there were a ton of plot holes because like when the manager was like threatening the king to like not leave he continued the movie where he's on a real motorcycle and they left the stage doors open and he just drives right out like if you really had a confrontation with your employee and was like you're gonna stay here and do this or else you don't think he would close the stage doors or like (laughs) i don't know i thought that was an oversight and then when um at the very end to save everything all they had to do was chant his name until he crowed did anybody notice in the scene where the magpie is losing his mind they literally use a ball gag to <laughs> shut him up no. they tie him to a paddle board and then they take the ball and they shove it into his mouth to shut him up they, they shove it over, over his, his, his mouth his it, beak goes through it it was one of those paddle ball games and they just yeah. took the ball and pinned his nose big yeah, beak together mean, it still very much looked like they had to Y'all use what they have it. it was a toy chest 
I'm just saying. It's a weird... It was weird. They well, couldn't we tie him about, up with a toy robot. We talked about how the uh, animals were overly sexualized. So That's true. Tim, can you tell me if you, it's available enough to you, who plays the voice of the manager? Do we remember the manager's name? He's a fox. The colonel? He's not the colonel in this. No, he's pinky because it's the pinky. It pinky. pinky. He's the colonel in real life. Okay, I couldn't remember if that was real or not. Or it, which one was the right way. That's confusing because the owl is the duke. So, mm. and then the duke turns into a little tiny owl. That yeah, was that really was weird cute. too. Did he they just cute. like backfire his magic or something? What Somehow, happened there? Yeah, he was like all powerful, and then the sun stopped him just at the right time, and then he turned little. He lost all his power. It reminded me of the emperor's new groove mm. when Yzma takes the potion mm. and turns into a little kitten, and she's like, "Is that my voice?" Yeah. I love that. Pinky was Sorrel Boke. That oh, name yeah, doesn't him. ring any bells. He looks like Boss Hog. He has a fully white suit on with a big white cowboy hat and a giant cigar with a fat ring on his finger. Okay. Uh, he was born in Buffalo, New York in 1930, awesome. the son of a local physician. Hmm. He found his calling early in life, like most actors, when his family encouraged him to entertain relatives by doing impressions and telling jokes. He went on to study at Yale and Columbia University and mastered five languages. Wow. During the Korean War, he worked in counterintelligence, where his lingual talent served him well. Um, now he's a voice actor. Wow. Um, what else is he in? Wow, his intelligence and subtlety are often overlooked when considering his signature role as Jefferson Davis, Boss Hogg. Oh. He was Boss oh, Hogg in the Dukes of Hazzard, 1979. Okay. Oh, that's why he looks like Boss Hogg. <laughs> that explains that really so explains much. that photo that was him as boss hog i'm gonna imagine um we thought he was just cosplaying but so 1994 was the last time he was in something he was mm. a voice in captain planet um he sent some voices in like tom and jerry kids show tiny teen adventures capital critters gravedale high scooby-doo the smurfs full house Yogi and the Invasion of the Space Bears. Yo. I want to watch that. Right? I think I've seen that. Uh, the, oh, sure the Pound fun. Puppies, The Dukes, Dukes of Hazard, The Love Boat, Big Foot and Wild Boy. Um, we're going, oh, uh, original Freaky Friday in 1976. Hmm. Archer, 1975. There's a show named Archer. <laughs> uh, now I'm so curious if that was a, let's see, the FBI. Wow, this is... This makes the other list I was looking at short. Um, it looks like the first thing was 1952, Guiding Light. Was he in Robin Hood, the animated one? No, I'm not seeing hmm. Robin Hood on here. He sounded a lot like the Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh. Mm. No, that's a different guy. Yeah, that's a different okay. dude. I can't think of who he is either, but he's in a lot of things. I know he was in the Aristocats also. I can picture his face in my head. Mm. A uh, different guy, but I can't remember who that is, name-wise. Oh, wasn't he in Green Acres? I'm not sure. Um, I don't remember from Green Acres. I can almost remember his name in that, too. I think he's in Blazing Saddles. I wouldn't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. It's been a while for me, too. But anyway, yeah, so that would be Sorrel Book. is the one who... Uh, Played the manager, the, the fox there. Boss Hog. Boss Hog. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's quite the cast. It's worth it's worth the peek through. It's it's very interesting. They did have some attention to detail in the part where he where the Duke was like, I'm gonna eat you, little boy. And he pops open like before he decides that he's gonna eat him, he pops open this little pill case and throws something into his mouth. And I was thinking for a long time what the hell that would be but for owls don't they like eat rocks and shit to help break down the things that are in no no but they do make pellets like they they'll eat the whole animal and then there's a part in their body where it takes the fur and the bones and stuff and it turns it into a hard pellet and then they spit it out so they don't have a gullet like a chicken no hmm. so my first thought when he said, I'm going to eat you, is I was like, owls swallow their prey whole. There's no way an owl's going to eat a kid. And that was why, for whatever reason, when he turned him into a kid, my brain was like, 
Now this makes sense. Well, he did say, he said, I'm going to turn you into a kitten so you're easier to digest. Oh, gosh. He did say that, yeah, yep. which I thought was clever, too. So now I'm really confused. I don't know what this owl ate before he decided he was going to mow down on this cat. He just did that because the kid was calling the rooster's name, and that would bring the rooster back or something, and he doesn't want yeah. the kid to do that. No, the owl pops something in his mouth. Like right. He, he eats something before okay. he decides that he's going to eat the kid. Yeah, I saw that part. So what did he eat? I don't know. It looked like a key. It's... It makes no fucking sense at it's all. It's just a well, fucking Tums. Relax. I mean... It got indigestion. It's just weird that they would specifically put that into the movie. Old people made it. They were like, gotta <laughs> take your cocaine. pills before you eat this. Maybe it was cocaine. It could have been coke. Maybe it he was meth. go back and like pound on that fucking keyboard a bunch. He was very energetic. High energy villain. Maybe it was meth. He was a lot like Tuco in Breaking mm. Bad. He's kind, he was a terrifying villain. Mm-hmm. I really thought about how to like change him into a RPG villain that like you'd have to fight. So he reminded me of Jafar when he gets his genie powers. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Yep, it did pull from a lot of different movies. It felt like because when the kid was a kitten and he was like dead or whatever, and then he turned into a kid, I thought of Snow White mm. when she's laying in that casket thing. I like how the rooster's like who's that guy and then the rooster has no ties to this child at all and you can see it in his eyes when the kid's like laying there dead he (laughs) didn't care about that kid he had no fucking clue who he was i also thought it was crazy i thought that uh rockadoodle would be more of the main character in this movie i know his name's not rockadoodle that's just what i'm gonna go with now because i like it better um i thought he'd be like you know the character we followed around. Yeah. Because he was kind of a side character in his own movie. Even, like, the synopsis that was on there before we watched it made it seem like we were going to follow the rooster's adventure to Las Vegas, they said. But that's not what they called it in the movie. They just said it was the city. Yeah. But it was definitely Vegas. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't know. It was it was not what I expected to follow the kid around. But I guess it was him reading the story and having a fever dream yeah. of some sort. But I also wonder if we were thinking ended. that we'd follow the rooster more because as I, I at least kept thinking of Chicken Run anyway. And you do follow the rooster in that story, really? Well, Maybe that one chicken, too, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to rewatch that one, too, because I don't really remember that movie too well. Yeah, it's the hen that's, like, the main, main character in Chicken Run. Oh, yeah. She has a hat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. little green hat. Her name's Hattie. It's not it's Hattie. Not. <laughs> yeah, I really thought this movie was going to be a rooster riding around on a motorcycle with his guitar and his little cat buddy, and they were playing tunes across the, the America or something. Yeah, that's Chicken Run, because I think he has like a little bicycle. They're in Britain. What? In Chicken Run. They're in he England. rides in on a little bicycle, though. He gets shot in by a anything? rocket. Are you talking about that movie with Chicken Little? No, no, I'm talking about Chicken Run. The, the one. Oh, the claymation. He, yeah. yeah, he rides a little motorcycle. He rides a bike. He does at the, when he when he leaves when he the farm. When no, he, when leaves he leaves the farm, he rides a bike. But when he comes in, he gets shot in by the rocket oh, from the and circus. Oh, think he's magical or some shit. He thinks he, he can, can fly. fly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the whole, that's the yeah, whole part, point of the movie. <laughs> is they want the him to teach them how to fly because he flew in there. Was he voiced by Mel Gibson? Yes, yes. he was. Yes. Yes, he was. He's got a great voice. Mm. Oh, Mel Gibson could have been Rockadoodle. He could have been Rockadoodle, but that would have been confusing. Mm. Even Too many further. rooster. I don't roles. hear him singing. Oh, he, oh, he has, Pocahontas. and it's not good. No, it's not. Mm. There's a good reason they cut that from the original movie. <laughs> yeah, I did. I cannot picture that man holding the note. It's bad. It's real bad. I'd replace the whole family, the whole real family. I'd put some better people in there. Who'd you pick? I don't know. Nobody. I think it's just could, a whole bunch of nobodies. Again. I feel like it, it could be nobodies mm. just if it was if the storyline was better as to why what was happening was happening. The camera angles were all the shots were everything was just made to make it seem scary, but it wasn't. It was just confusing. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like really missed the mark. Did you see his wagon wheel bed? He had a wagon wheel as a bed frame, like as a headboard. You know. I was kind of confused by the era that this movie was taking place in because the family and the farm seemed very, like, very early 1900s. 
I would but say then 1950s. Obviously, they had a radio. They, oh, I guess they did. Yeah. They had a truck. And the kid was, like, they in just, coon hats and bucks skin shirts. Like, yeah. that is very 50s, like, childhood. Like, everything's cowboy and Indian I guess they just kind of dressed like they were pioneer people. So it was they're, throwing me I mean, off. I think they're just, like, poor farmers. Because otherwise, the city would have blown the kid's, mu- like, yeah, literal I guess mind. That's true. He wouldn't have been like, this is well, He normal. said he'd been there multiple times with his family to the city. Yeah, because he knew the way. Yes, but this is, so the city in the 1950s, I think, is much different than the city in whenever Elvis was in Las Vegas. 60s, probably. Yeah, the late 60s. Down I don't think 17. any city compares to what Las Vegas probably was in the 70s. That's Yeah, that's very and true. It, so, like, it logically has to be at least in the 60s. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I was just going by how they were dressed, and it just looked like old-timey. Old-timier than the city made sense for it to be. Yeah. But that makes sense, yeah. I feel like the whole movie's pretty confused about what's going on. My final conclusion was essentially that I just, you know, it was hard to follow. I enjoyed it overall, and maybe if I saw it again, I'd see it differently. So, like, I left the option in that maybe I would someday see this again just to see what what i thought at that point mm. i'm like riley who will never watch it ever again so sad i am done i will never recommend this movie to anyone either so so do we want to continue with our final yeah i'm ready we're gonna do our rating did we save you for last you can i mean all right anna you want to go well my rating is seven out of ten cosmic owl breaths um, I really enjoyed this movie. It's definitely a kid's movie, but um, the, the Grand Duke honestly sold the whole thing for me. He was such an interesting character. He he uh, was villainous, and you wanted him to lose, but at the same time, he was the coolest person in the room. Hmm. Nice. I agree. I gave this 7 out of 10 sunshines. I thought it was really cute. I wrote, would watch again. Um, the story was really nice. The colors were bright. A little kid would love it. Story makes sense enough for someone that's like five or six. And, you know, I often stop paying attention to certain parts of movies, so maybe I just miss some things. I mean, it very much is geared towards younger kids, so maybe that's why uh, it didn't I'm having to. such a hard time. When the main character talks like like a little baby. Child, I thought he was so cute, though. It's just like so His funny. little voice was so adorable. Tim, what do you got? I gave this movie two and a half chicken nuggets with ketchup being the only dipping sauce available. Oh, ouch. That's another brutal rating from you. Yeah, I'm often surprised when I read them back. Yeah, um, because you've said some nice things. Again. It's not the worst thing I've seen, but... It's not the mm. best. When when it's hard for me to, to put a lot of stuff together and I feel like by the time I get to the end of the movie, it's a hard... It's when I look and try to look back and see, okay, how do we get here? If it's a hard journey, like I have a hard time making it anything mm. that's good. Mm. Yeah, I gave it four out of ten cockadoodles. <laughs> four out of ten cockfights. Mm. <laughs> God, there were some characters I liked. Um, overall, this story just seemed very confusing. There's just so many things as an adult that I have a hard time like being able to bridge the gap to, like the timeline the time frame of it all um how the kid gets sucked back into the animated world because he touches the book at the end after just being there he spends literally moments with his family and then is like back to cartoon world motherfuckers i'm out and all of that you know i just ah yeah are we gonna assume that that means in real world he is out of his fever and feeling good for like a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, just boom, hits right the back. floor, just done. <laughs> right, he gets back. that clarity, that yeah. moment of clarity. I mean, he, yeah, he has to be able to, you know, dreamwalk in a sense to a different whatever parallel reality this is. <laughs> dreamwalk. He's clearly doing it, and like every time he must faint, and his parents just like, like, oh my god, we send Balto or whatever to get medicine. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? The truck won't make it. We know that. Um, and then he's just like, you know, in a fucking barnyard with his animated pals. Like, explain that to your fucking therapist, kid. Like, maybe he died. He could. Maybe he died of the fever, and the moment of clarity was him having a moment of clarity. Saying goodbye to his mom. (laughs) Flashback of a very short, uneventful life. Just like this movie. 
Oh, me and Rebecca liked it. I really liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I think it's it's the letdown of what, you know, for me, it's probably what's pushing that a little yeah. further. Because, uh, yeah, I remember this movie much, much differently. This podcast is going to ruin some movies for us. So. Yep. First one ruined. Yep. I have hey. a lot of confusing thoughts about this chicken lady. So I'm I'm probably not going to watch it again. You turned on. Turned on by her heel. This is the movie that probably inspired furries. Like we said that during it. I think there's a lot of movies in the 80s and 90s that inspired furries. A lot of anamorphic people. Sexualized. Like literally anamorphs. That's just about furries. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah. That's a show I haven't seen in a long time. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's my pick. So... Glad some fifty percent enjoyed. The rest of us were left dismayed and confused. Well, I think the saddest thing was how excited you were for the the last months leading up to this about watching this movie. And that's all right. I've I've picked a lot of these that are gonna just let me down. Whole whole lot. Got to restructure the entire list. I'm just so excited about my list. I don't want to hear that about your list. It's just like I, I don't. My list contains a lot of things that I don't genuinely don't remember what happened at all i just associate a feeling of hey i was a child that seemed fun to these things but i and yet just like the long-term memory there's nothing stored there bits and the tiniest bits and pieces and so i feel like this is going to happen to me a lot throughout this (laughs) oh man journey but i'm excited to see your guys' movies because those are all pretty good (laughs) we hope those have all been enjoyable so far, so keep up the good work. <laughs> so every fourth episode, it's just going to be you being sad. Yeah, <laughs> We're all going to pick great movies every time. Yeah, every fourth one's just a depression session. That's it. Awesome. Depression session. We've just learned that Riley had really bad taste when he was a kid. <laughs> I think it's just a limit of what was available, mm. honestly. We have to have your parents come on. So you made him watch these? No, he sought these out. We encouraged him not to, but he was insistent as a child to watch all of these frequently. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the feedback you're definitely going to get. So. <laughs> we'll get Mary on an episode one of these days. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Oh, okay. So, Anna, I believe you're got the next pick. What I are do. we watching next time? So, we are going to be watching Stay Tuned which is a very interesting movie about a man's obsession with TV and cable and how it has made his marriage estranged. Um, and then he gets a TV sold to him by Satan. Wow. I'm gonna, that's all I'm going to say so far. I okay. thought it was about a struggling guitar player. All right. Do we have a sign-off line? Uh, hmm. The host is supposed to have one. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> That's what I want it to be. Just the end. Okay. Nailed it. Thank you for listening to Paramnesia Theater. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and follow us on Instagram at paramnesia underscore theater. If you have any feedback you'd like to provide, send us an email at paramnesiatheater at gmail.com. And remember, support your local drive-in. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.